Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Droid Life Show, episode 80 tonight. That's kind of a big number. Uh, it is March 11th. I'm going to get in the habit of saying that so people know when we're exactly doing this. Uh, March 11th, I'm your host, Kellen. With me, Tim and Ron. Everybody say hi real quick. Hey, guys. How's it going? Tim here. Hey, this is Ron. Welcome back, Ron. Thanks. <laughs> Feels good to have you back. <laughs> I know. It's been a while. Kind of a Thanks. special, special show. Episode eighty, Return of Ron, the Return of Wednesday. Hmm. Yeah, I mean it is still daylight out, which is a little weird, but big, big things happen. It's Tim's birthday. He's got mm. a tie on. There's all oh, sorts yeah. of things going on today. It's big day for everybody. Yeah, we're doing it up today. We are doing it up today. Uh, so thanks for joining us on Wednesday. I know we've been doing Fridays uh, and also midday. So uh, yeah, we got we got some stuff to talk about though. Uh, Android 5.1 obviously been announced. The Apple Watch is official. We have plenty of things I'm sure to say about that. Uh, Moto Maker for the Moto 360. There's rumors of new Android Wear features. I do still have a G Flex 2 to talk about. I want to talk about VR a little bit. Uh, Nexus 6 finally on Verizon. Uh, Ron ran through smartphone cameras earlier this week and had to pick one. There's, there's all sorts of stuff going on. So let's uh, let's start first with Android 5.1. Uh, announced this week. Uh, was it like two hours after Apple got done with the Apple Watch stuff? It was the same day, right? It's pretty sure right after, yeah. Yeah, so not necessarily a, a huge surprise in terms of just being 5.1, right? We've seen it running on Android 1 for a couple of weeks now. Uh, Google's selling devices, or their partners are selling devices with 5.1, but Google wouldn't really acknowledge that it even existed, which is kind of odd. Uh, but it's official now. So 5.1, and it doesn't do it doesn't introduce much new other than dual SIM support, which is why Android One devices are running it because a lot of those are dual SIM devices. Um, it also adds a sort of device protection where if someone were to steal your device and then they tried to factory reset it and then use it as their own, it blocks them somewhere during that process. So they still are locked out of it unless they have. Um, your uh, your login. Uh, and then the other... Let's see, what was the other big thing? There was like three things Google announced. Oh, then the quick settings toggles for Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. You can now access all those in the quick settings pull-down rather than having to go into Wi-Fi and Bluetooth settings. And that's sort of it in terms of official stuff that they're talking about. Oh, HD voice support on compatible devices, which means T-Mobile's Nexus 6 and Verizon's Nexus 6 which is now official and we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, we also ran through our quick list of changes, and there's you know, there's not a lot of big forward-facing changes. It's still Lollipop. Uh, you know, there's new, like, subtle animations here and there. Again, those Bluetooth and Wi-Fi areas have changed a little bit. Screen pinning is better explained. Oh, this is kind of big and probably overlooked, but when you're listening to media now, like you're watching a YouTube video, and you want to adjust your call volume, you can actually do that. You can adjust your media volume and call volume, which is which is kind of nice. Uh, heads up notifications work better. You can actually swipe those up now um, so that they don't aren't completely dismissed. And you know, that's kind of it. It's kind of a it's not really underwhelming. I think the the big thing here is Google said performance should be a lot better on 5.1, and then they squashed a bunch of bugs. <clears throat> and I think Tim and I can both say that we hope the performance really is improved because 5.0 and 5.0.1, not exactly great. 
I mean, not the best performing experience, but at the same time, it's definitely a step ahead of Jelly Bean. <laughs> and, I mean, I don't know if it's better performance-wise than Kit Kat, but it looks a lot better. So yes. I kind of put up with the performance stuff. I know you said you had to reboot your Moto X like every day because of problems, but I reboot mine like maybe every other day, and <laughs> it's it seems okay. <laughs> um, I mean, sometimes I reboot it just because it, it gets really hot, and then I kind of look in the recent apps, and it just has, like, a thousand things yeah. listed. And it's like, what the hell, man? Like, can't Android manage that a bit better? But other than that, uh, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, with Lollipop, we went from... So, like, KitKat used to leave, you know, however many recent apps in there. And Lollipop's like, let's just leave it all. Even after reboots, right? All your recent apps are stuck in there. And it just builds and builds and builds. And a lot of people complain um, about a, a memory leak in, in Lollipop, and everyone's hoping that it was fixed in 5.1, but no one really knows. And basically, I think that was the cause of me having to reboot my phone every day. It's also doing it to me, I think, on the G Flex 2. Like, this phone I reboot about three times a day right now because it just shuts down. It's so laggy. Uh, but I think partly that to blame is LG's crappy skin. But, it, uh, yeah, I mean, I reboot it a couple times a day. Wi-Fi also doesn't work on it, but um, <laughs> yeah, Lollipop was Lollipop's rough for people that got it early. I know everyone really wants it because it's the new, new, right? And everyone's like, "Give me Lollipop!" But it's one of those things that it's still probably better than KitKat, even with the bugs, just because the experience is there. But you're probably not going to love it just because some of the performance hits and all the bugs and things like that. So. 5.1's on. I have it on my Nexus 5, but I haven't thrown a SIM in there and used it, so I don't really know. Like, it seems faster, but I have nothing on the phone, so who knows. Hmm. Yeah. Just another version of Android that won't be seen by the mass majority of people until six months down the road. So <laughs> Seriously. But people well, unless you have the HTC Advantage. That's yeah, true. well, then maybe you'll see it in maybe. days. Maybe you won't. We can't <laughs> guarantee anything, though, but they'll... Nothing is confirmed. They try. Yeah, we got so we got 5.0. Right? That was well, it went official like first week of November or something. And everyone said, "All right, we're gonna push this out as fast as we can." And a couple devices got it, and then everyone realized how many bugs there were. And so then 5.0.1 came out, and a couple of devices got that and skipped 5.0. And then 5.0.2 came out a couple weeks later, and then people started skipping 5.0 and 5.0.1 and going right to 5.0.2. And then now 5.1's out, so it, everyone's just spread out across all of those now. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of been a, a little bit of a disaster. So we'll catch up someday. We'll catch up someday. Um, as far as OTA updates for Nexus devices, uh, one of our readers caught a Nexus 5 update uh, that's rolling out, although his was from 5.0 to 5.1. And the current, I think, that most people have is 5.0.1 to 5.1. So I don't know why he's still way back there. Otherwise, uh, factory images for a couple of devices. Uh, T-Mobile thinks the Nexus 4, 5, and 7 2013 are getting the update any day now. And Sprint thinks the Nexus 6s. So no one's really seen any of these updates, so who knows, but they're coming. Does it bother you guys that... Um, like the Nexus 5 gets the update before the Nexus 6. Like, I see a lot of complaints about that. And it happens every year, I feel like. Like, I feel like last year, the Nexus 4 was one of the first to get KitKat, and the Nexus 5 got left out, and everyone got mad that, oh, no, it was running KitKat. 
feel like something missed it, and everyone's like, my phone should have gotten it first, and it didn't. Well, usually it's the other way. Usually it's people that have, like, the year before his Nexus device complain they don't have it day one. Like, that's what I see most of. But it is a little bit odd that, like, 5.1 got, like, went on Android 1 first for a long time and really wasn't announced, was just there. And then now it's finally, hey, it's real, but it's not for our flagship. Like, it's, it is weird. Like, I don't, I don't know if I'm mad about it, but it's weird. It's a strange, you know, that's kind of the weird thing about Google doing updates. It's like, well, you'd think the phone that you designed to run with operating system would have it, but it doesn't for some reason. Yeah, why is the first update, yeah, not going to the Nexus 6 and 9? And the Nexus 9, it's not even, hasn't even been mentioned with 5.1 yet. The Nexus 6 at least got a mention from Sprint, but... Yeah, because we, we, I mean, we've seen Nexus 7, right? But not, yeah, not Nexus 9. Yeah. And doesn't the, the Nexus, Nexus 6 has a few kind of proprietary tweaks, though, doesn't it? Kind of the ambient display and all that, which is not seen on the Nexus 5? Yeah, which isn't seen on, like, anything else, right? It's like exactly. a Nexus 9 only thing, yeah. It, it's not even a Nexus phone, so I don't even think it, you know, it should be. It probably just, you know, maybe it takes a little bit more time to bake or uh, tweak some of the code, you know, to have it available. The Nexus 5 is like pure Android, though. My, Nothing... my thought is... <laughs> <laughs> not the Nexus 6, though. Yeah. That's not pure Android. Yeah, no. no, it can't be pure because they tweak it. <laughs> my, my thought is usually that it has to do with um, Google getting access to, like, the drivers and stuff for Qualcomm chipsets, mm. and that's why they can't push stuff. Because you'll see, like, the Nexus... Um, the Nexus 7s, all the, the mobile versions, like the, the LTE and the HSPA version, they're always like some of the last to get the update, and everyone usually blames it on, and those are usually the last to see like their factory images come out with the binaries, right, because they include all the drivers and stuff for um, Qualcomm's LTE modems, which they try to protect like crazy. <clears throat> and so that's always my guess, and so maybe the Nexus 6 because of the new Qualcomm chipset in there, Google isn't ready or Qualcomm's not ready or something. The Nexus 9 surprised me a little bit because it's NVIDIA, and they're usually pretty quick with things. So you would think the Nexus 9, right? That's running a Tegra K1, right, the Nexus 9? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. Whatever, they're coming. And they'll probably everyone will probably have it anytime now. Oh, and someone just emailed me the, uh, the Nexus 5 update from the normal LRX22C build, so... We'll post there you that. go. We'll post that shortly. Uh, anyways, Android 5.1, it's out. Uh, yeah, you'll, you'll get it soon. I don't know when uh, carrier-branded devices are going to get it, but the Nexus phone should have it pretty quickly here. So, uh, yeah, good stuff. All right, Apple Watch. You guys want to talk about the Apple Watch a little bit? Yeah, I mean, uh, sure. I bet Ron probably does a little bit, but... Not the Apple Watch. The most important day of my life, yes. <laughs> So Apple Watch, official, there was a spring forward event, as Apple called it, on Monday morning. They announced a new MacBook, which I don't care about at all, by the way. Well, I shouldn't say that. I don't care about the base model at all with its smartphone processor. The upgraded versions are kind of cool, I guess. Well, but the, upgrade, the regular MacBook is still Core M, though. Oh, I thought, I thought you could upgrade the new MacBook with, like, an hey. i5. Well, they redid the Pros with Retina. So those have, like, the new trackpad, and those have normal fifth-gen i5s. But, like, the new one, the super thin one, is stuck with that crappy Core M. Really? I didn't know. That's why why it's fanless, because you can't do an i5 without a fan. There's no way I could do it. Oh, that's true. Okay, never mind. I'm not interested at all in the the smartphone book. Um, So they announced that, and they announced a bunch of health stuff, and... 
talked about iPhone sales. And then they went into, they ran for like, I went back and was capturing screenshots for this recap post I did. And they went for like 50 minutes before they ever got into Apple Watch stuff. It was kind of nuts. They're, I feel like their keynotes just keep getting longer or whatever you want to call these, these press events, keep getting longer and longer. Um, so anyways, Apple Watch is official and uh, starts at 349, which we knew for the base model like really, really base model, right? Like no sapphire, soft aluminum. And that's only for the 38 nanometers. So if you want to get the 42, yeah. you got to pay an extra 50 bucks. Yeah. So the watch sport. We're going to talk about the naming scheme at some point too because it just drives me insane. <laughs> and so that's the watch sport, which is the cheap model that you'll probably get made fun of for wearing probably. Uh, then there's just the regular watch. I want to call it just the regular watch edition, but I can't because there's no. an edition edition. Yeah. <laughs> just the regular watch. Uh, and it starts at what, like 500 bucks? 450? 450. Okay. And then it goes up to 1,000, right? Like if you want all stainless steel. All the way up. Yeah, it's like 1,000 or 1,100, depending yeah, on the like hand. 1050, I think. I cannot believe they're charging $1,000 for a stainless steel watch. Doesn't that seem a little bit crazy? Well, like, I mean, I guess like you can buy a Rolex that's stainless steel and it costs a few thousand dollars. But well, I mean, I can't you, believe don't, the... you don't want stained steel, do you? <laughs> no, I don't want That's right, steel. so you pay that extra money. Oh, boy. They're just okay. marking up the price of that stainless steel band like way too much. I mean, you linked to it yesterday, and I think what the stainless steel band itself was over $400. Yeah, yeah I mean, it was $450. I mean, yeah, holy, crazy. holy shnankies. Yeah. Okay, so the watch version starts at yeah five fifty, and that's with a cheap rubber watch. Yeah, so the highest one on there. I'm on the their store right now. So the forty two millimeter with the stainless steel is ten ninety nine. So that's the highest of the regular Apple Watch. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the watch band is four hundred fifty bucks. It's crazy. And then there's the Apple Watch Edition edition that starts at ten thousand dollars and. Uh, Basically, it plated in gold. I mean, it's not like the internals are made of gold, right? It's just just a processor. Yeah, it's just plated in gold, right? No, I it's a special lot. gold. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's eighteen karat gold. Eighteen karat gold. Uh, it starts at ten. Goes. It comes in rose gold or yellow gold. Goes up to just combinations that cost seventeen thousand dollars. That's nice for for a smartwatch. Uh, let's see. So they ran through. They didn't really do anything new at this event that they didn't do at the the preview. They just kind of said, like, we can change watch faces. And then they said, you can communicate by sending bumps to people and little cute pictures of cats and your heartbeat. And then it also runs apps. And then they didn't actually didn't show any apps really running. They just, like, flashed a couple of, like, ESPN and, like, CNN, I think, or something. Well, they showed, like, Uber and things like that. Yeah, but so, I feel like it, it, the, the last one they were really hyping up that like all these apps are going to work and then this they just kind of glance over. Like they didn't really, you know, they didn't bring out like ESPN's executive to talk about how cool their app was, which I thought was right. a little weird. Well, and I think a lot of that too is be, like the apps that are running on the watch aren't native, so they're actually running on the phone. They're extensions. Yeah, and the phone shoots them over to the watch. So like I don't think most of these like Pretty much any, I think all the functionality is going to be the exact same thing that you can see on the phone, except for obviously with different, you know, UI. But they're pretty limited, um, which is kind of like 
I think that's going to actually be a big differentiator when we actually see some reviews comparing it to Android Wear, because like with Wear, you actually have like apps running on the device. Mm-hmm. It's actually like you know an actual smartwatch versus a screen that's showing what your smartphone can do. Like that's <laughs> kind of interesting. So that was kind of it. They ran through that, and then they ran through the pricing, and it's coming April. Well, you can pre-order April 10th, I believe. And then yeah. in stores April twenty fourth, depending on the model and things like that. Uh, watch bands start anywhere. I thought they started like forty bucks, and then like we mentioned, they go up to four hundred and fifty bucks. Um, yeah, it was, you know, it was an Apple press event. They didn't like talk a bunch of trash about Android, which was kind of refreshing for once. Uh, <clears throat> I, I noticed just kind of the reaction from other media, especially you know that were either at the event or something like that. And they all kind of just said, Apple's running through all this stuff. They're not telling us why we need this in our lives. Like, they don't have a reason why we need the Apple Watch other than it's just a cool thing to have kind of like. And, it, and I sort of agree. And Google's struggled with this a little bit as well. You know, Android Wear, at least they try to sell you on the fact that it tries to present you with information when you need it, sort of Google Now stuff. Uh, and then there's, you know, some workout aspects to it and things like that. Although the Apple Watch doesn't have a GPS, so it's pretty much worthless unless you have your phone with you, which is a little unfortunate. Um, yeah, and, and then the the other thing I saw from a lot of the press that were there is that it's super confusing to use because there's the digital crown and then there's a communication button and then there's touching and there's, there's um, glances. There's glances, yeah. And then there's force touching and taptic feedback things and spinning and it... I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's not like yeah. I, I can't just come out and say like Apple totally screwed up and this thing's gonna miss and no one's gonna buy it or anything like that. It's just it still just feels like they're not doing something correct here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and this is the, I think the interesting thing. So there was the big Johnny Ive piece in the New Yorker like a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. leading up to the launch, um, which was insanely long. Um, but in it, they kind of brought out that this is basically the first product that was done without Jobs, more or less. Like, Jobs may or may not have known about it. Um, Johnny talks, you know, mentioned that he had kind of talked with them about it at that point, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything they were actually starting out yet. Um, so, more or less, you know, there may have been some discussions with Steve, but more or less this is the first product where Steve wasn't involved from, you know, through the whole thing. So this mostly looks like it's a Johnny Ive thing. There were lots of mentions of him being uh, interested in things like Virtu. And with, between the pricing and everything else that's going on here, like, this looks like a product that Virtu could have, like, this could be, like, Android Wear by Virtu. Like, that's kind of what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, it's, but it is, like, with the UI, it's, like, there's, so there's all sorts of weird things, like, um, so, for example, like, if you want to do a glance, glances, you can only do those from the watch face, apparently. So, like, if you go to the app launcher, which is insanely complicated, it's just, like, this giant worldview of apps, looks like a little galaxy, like, you can't do glances from there for some reason. Um, And then the home button toggles between going to those apps and then going to watch faces. Um, So, there's just, it's just a weird UI, and it's, and and to some degree, it's hard to, like, knock them for that, because it's not like Android Wear has, like, a really, really great UI. It's just, it's hard to do something with that size display. But... I wouldn't say that they knocked out of the park here, um, which I think I think a lot of people are kind of hoping, like, oh, maybe when Apple does a watch, it'll be amazing and blow everything away. But it's like, no, they actually have the exact same problems everybody else does. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have better battery life. In fact, it looks like they might have worse battery life than Android Wear somehow. Right. Yep. They're only promising 18 hours, right? Like, that's 
Um, we saw Sony laughing at that, right, with their tweet saying, well, we got two-day battery life and you can wear ours in the shower. So, you know, try that out. Like, it's just interesting. I think, like, Android Wear came out earlier um, by by a lot, right? And so then it's like, okay, well, Apple's coming out with this, so maybe they're going to do a lot better. And it turns out they actually did worse in a lot of ways, which is kind of, I think, I think a lot of people were surprised by that. So, and I think they're going to be surprised when a lot of people buy this. Like, I think it's going to be a financial success. I think they're going to sell a bunch of them, but I don't think it's going to be because it's necessarily a better product. It's just going to be because it's an Apple product. Yeah. Like, they're going to sell a bunch, but they, it's just, it's just like, like you said, it's, it's like Android where it's not, there's not really like this dying need for it in anyone's life. Right. We're, there's still, we're all still trying to figure that. And you've talked about this on past shows a lot. Like, Somebody really tell me why I need to have all this stuff. Actually, I sent you guys a link from, I think it was Deadspin, the sports site, and they wrote why like no one actually needs to buy uh, an Apple Watch. It was like the, the normal person's guide to an Apple Watch. And they basically said, like, you know, Apple's telling you that you need this thing because you're too, like, effing lazy to pull your phone out of your pocket. Like, it doesn't do anything, you know, it's, it's stuff that your, your phone should do and does. Like, why do you need this little tiny wrist screen? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think they did anything that, who was it? It was Fast Company threw up a post yesterday, or no, it, must, it might have been like the day of, that just said like, here's the comprehensive list of all the things that Apple Watch does over Android Wear, and it was just a blank post. <laughs> and and uh, they, they pissed a whole bunch of people off. Like, I looked in the comments on it, and all these people, you know, said like, you're better than this. You're not just some cheesy blog, and, and you know, fast company can have fun in life too. People chill out, uh, but you know, they they all kind of do the same thing. They only work with each other's platform, though, right? Or, I mean, Android Wear works with Android, so you can't use it on iOS. So it's like these unless are your options, it. yeah. Unless you hack, but these are like your options if you're, you know, if you really need a smartwatch. Uh, I mean, you know, I still use my Moto 360 for the most part if I'm going to be out for a while because sometimes it is handy to just get stuff on my wrist. I still find myself pulling my phone out all the time because you can't actually do anything on a smartwatch. So even after using one for, it's almost been a year now, the Android Wear, the first Android Wear devices came out, I still don't know that I'm even fully buying into the idea that I need it. There was a couple of cool use cases that they showed off on Apple Watch, which some people didn't really appreciate, like the the hotel key card, which I thought was kind of cool. I mean, it's a cool idea for sure. I don't know how many times I would ever, like, you know, use it if I had an Apple Watch and the ability to do that, or say if Android Wear did that. Um, I guess whenever I'm traveling or something, that would be cool to have, but the idea yeah. of tap-to-pay on terminals with uh, Apple Pay seemed pretty cool. I mean, there were a, there were a few and far between like pretty cool ideas with it but the overall package price it what it is uh, I just don't see it I mean most of my Apple friends were just like mm, I mean it's really cool and they love it but it's just priced too much and even they if they don't even appreciate then who could you know because they're the ones sucking on the on the tea so <laughs> well, I think, I think that's, the, that's the big thing like you brought up Tim or like some of the like there are a couple things that it does that Android Wear doesn't do, but like none of them are things that I couldn't see Android Wear doing in the future, like having sure. a, a code for you to unlock your door. And then like here's the thing, like the main reason I would really want to have that, besides like not having to pull my card out of my wallet when I'm staying at a hotel, is like if I could go down to the pool. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to have to carry my stupid card. Like that's the worst. You don't want to lose it in the water or whatever. So when I come back up, then I can just scan it with my watch. But oh wait, my Apple Watch isn't waterproof. Exactly. I guess I'm gonna have to go with the, the smartwatch three. Yeah, like that's like it's just like it's so many like 
it's odd because you think like because they like they a lot of the marketing materials leading up and even even now like the, the this is the first time they've had a woman on stage I think in five years and so they have her like showing you know how she ran a marathon or whatever um, doing stuff in Africa and the uh, so it looks like it's supposed to be like this sports focused thing right but you know kind of like you said it doesn't have GPS it's mm-hmm. water resistant apparently but not but not waterproof. Um, so it's like, like I, I have one of my, one of my best friends, um, he's like, he trains for like, um, what are those called Ironman tournaments and things like that. It's like something like this in theory would be attractive to him, right? It's got, it's basically a little computer, right? So it should be able to do all sorts of stuff, but he's looking at this and he's like, doesn't have GPS. So I can't take it. I have to have my phone with me when I'm going on runs or bike rides and I right. certainly can't use it while I'm swimming. So right. this doesn't look attractive to me. Like, I don't know when I would ever use this. Yeah, they kind of that was one of the, one of the big things right during the during the presentation was Christy Turlington Burns, I think is her name. Most of us have no idea who she is. But yeah, she ran this marathon this, or half marathon. <clears throat> we made some joke about the battery wouldn't last through a full marathon. So she ran a half marathon and yeah, they didn't show also during the entire presentation. Only at the very end did they say like you need an iPhone basically to work with all this, but they showed all this stuff like here's what your 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 you know, your Apple Watch can do. Um, yeah, and it requires your phone. So, if you, yeah, if you want to work out, go for a run, you can't really just take off and go for a run because you know, there's no GPS and it needs to be attached to your phone. And, yeah, it's not waterproof. Yeah, so it's water-resistant. Um, I'm looking at the fine print. It says it's splash and water-resistant but not waterproof. Yeah, I think it's good for, like, a meter underwater for 30 minutes is the technical rating yeah. for it, which <clears throat> so you can wash dishes while you're wearing it. I don't even know if you can do it that much. That would be waterproof, I think. This says you can wear it during exercise, in the rain, and while washing your hands. But submerging Apple Watch is not recommended. <laughs> so you can sprinkle it, but yeah. you can sweat. You can give it a little squirt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, the leather bands are surprisingly not water-resistant. Hmm. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, so it's not really a good fitness. You know, in next year, right, the version 2, it'll be waterproof, and it'll have a GPS probably, and it'll matter. That's another thing you, that you a lot think, of people, but maybe not. Who knows? That's true. Maybe not. Good. You know, I mean, that's that's the thing with, like, the um, with like the size of this. It's like you can maybe add those things, but you're going to take a hit to battery. Mm-hmm. So, Which is and already I, and terrible. I would think they would... Right, and I would think they would want to say, hey, we're going to have, like, maybe what they do next year is say, hey, we're dropping Apple Watch, just regular, down, and we're going to bump up Apple Watch Sport, and now Apple Watch Sport has GPS in it, because guess what? If you're getting the Sport, you probably want to use it for sports, and you might want to have some of these things. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, like, differentiate that product a little bit more, because right now, Apple Watch Sport is just cheap, inexplicably. Like, Like, there doesn't seem to be a reason for it. Yeah, there's nothing more list. sporty about it than the other versions. Well, it's just it's the colors. Just cheap. Cheap. It, it, it's With the, the iPhone 5C of the Apple Watch line. Yes, it right. is. Poor 5C. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, and, and the thing is, too, the sport version, which you would think by the name would suggest that you would want to wear it while doing sports and working out, and it would need to be tougher. It's not. It's It's got a cheaper screen. doesn't have the sapphire, so you you could scratch it, and it's made of aluminum, which is you know, arguably softer than the stainless steel, and so... And will definitely scratch as well. And will definitely scratch. So the, they're, they're calling it sport, as in, like, it's made for activities, but it's probably the least activity-friendly of all of them. Well, yeah. 18-karat gold's probably not good for that either, but... No. Yeah, it's just, it's kind of crazy, like, I, 
I don't know. It doesn't make sense. But that's that's not surprising because when we saw the first presentation and then now this last one, they you know like a lot of people were complaining and like I complained when we first had it uh, when we first talked about it months and months ago. Like there hasn't been a story. Why do I need this? Why is this important? Like right. the most I've seen is Tim Cook talking in interviews how he takes his phone out of his pocket less and less because yeah. and and how great it is having notifications on his wrist. And like Tim, like have you not been around to see like the Pebble? <laughs> or Android Wear, or any of these other, like, yeah. this isn't new, this isn't innovative, this isn't, like, if that's, if that's, if those are the things you're taking away from Apple Watch, then wow, I hope people back Pebble time then, because right. it's cheaper and it's going to do the exact same thing, and guess what, it actually lasts longer than 18 hours. <laughs> right. It, yeah, it's just, it, it, look, it's a first-gen product, and, like, all the Android Wear watches are also, you know, basically first-gen products. LG's come out with a couple now, but, so everyone's, you know, Usually, first-gen products have issues, right? And they're never the best thing ever. This thing feels like they they screwed up a, a lot of stuff. I mean, we just look at it compared to Android Wear design-wise. Although that's obviously, you know, my own taste there. But design-wise, it doesn't look as great. It's not waterproof. It the battery life, 18 hours of battery life, is not good. When the Moto X came first, or the Moto 360 first came out, and it was getting around 18 hours. The media just shit all over it and said it was the worst thing ever. And some, you know, a lot of the first reviews of the Moto 360 are media who used it for one day and said the battery life is so terrible. Do not buy this thing. And this is the crappiest product ever made. And the Apple Watch is getting that. And now the Moto 360 gets like two days because they've been, you know, they've done some tweaks to make it better. And obviously, no one's fixed their reviews on that. This thing gets 18 hours of battery life, and in in seriously, within minutes of them announcing that on stage, I saw some of the the Apple, I call them paid Apple media. Shills. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they're shills. They were. Uh, they were already coming up with excuses like. I'm not going to throw out names, but like one of the tweets I saw immediately was, it's okay that the battery life's not that bad because it has this really cool magnetic charger. Like I had just made a joke on Twitter <laughs> about, about Tim Cook saying that, and one of these Apple media apologists said, like tweeted it, it was dead serious. Like, yeah, I know the battery life's not awesome, guys, but uh, it's got this magnetic charger that's awesome. Like that's not okay because... I'm not always going to be by a charger. Like that's the thing. That's right. why we complain about battery life and all these things. And so, and that's the, like, I guess I guess the one advantage. I, I told you guys this the other day, but I guess the one advantage is it'll look a lot better than a dead pebble does on your wrist, right? Maybe. Like, at least at least a dead Apple Watch kind of looks like. Oh, I wonder what watch that is. Whereas a dead pebble goes, why? Why do you have that tiny little Kindle stuck on your wrist? <laughs> With all that bezel, yeah. <laughs> that is true. So there is that. There is that bonus. Uh, so you know, it, it was all over the place. This was one of the first times in a while, though. I can, I can say that the reaction wasn't, "Oh my gosh, I need this now." You know, like when the, when the iPhone five or the iPhone six and six plus when those came out. I mean, everyone just was so excited about the bigger iPhones, and it was the biggest deal ever. And then you know they sold millions and millions and millions and set all sorts of records. And I get why and all that stuff. This is one of those where people seem kind of mixed. The the price is high. Um, a lot of people don't want to fork out $350 for a first-gen product that's also the cheap, crappy version, you know? And a lot of people are looking at it, too, and going, well, if I'm going to fork out this kind of money, maybe I want the better version, which starts at, you know, $550. So that's a lot for a first-gen smartwatch, which, again, as we've mentioned a couple times, no one sold us on why we even need it in the first place. Um, 
Yeah, this is it's 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 gotten a pretty mixed reaction, which is surprising because this is Apple, and usually when they announce something, it's not mixed. People just love it. Yeah, sort of surprising, but I think the other thing too is like in the last six months to a year, I think a lot of the attitude towards Apple has changed. So like with like they had the big uh, what update was it 8.0.1 or whatever that bricked a bunch of phones, mm-hmm. um, which seemed, you know which seemed like it didn't affect all phones, but it affected their flagship. It's like a six and six plus where you could make phone calls and. and something else didn't work. It's like, wow, that seems like something you probably should have tested. Um, so they've had that. Tons of bugs. Like when I, on my 5C and actually on my wife's 6, like in the first two builds, I think 800.1 and 801.2, Wi-Fi just wouldn't work. Hmm. You just wouldn't get an IP address. And so it's like just a bunch of like little things like that where it's like the quality seems to have gone down. And that was big for a while in the, in the Apple press was just talking about like how software quality seems to have gone down and bugs seem to have gone up. Mm. Um, specifically with iOS, and so like I think, I think a lot of people are sort of like, and we've kind of seen this for a while now with with Apple stuff. Where it's like, okay, Jobs has been gone for a while now. Like, is Apple gonna still make it? And it's kind of been in the middle so far. Mm-hmm. Um, which is that's the thing. Like, I would think like, okay, if you're gonna like Tim Cook's talking about how we're gonna have new product categories, new product categories can't be Apple TV because we can't work out the deal. So right. here's a watch that Johnny Ive really likes because he for some reason needs to have flashy things, but it isn't really better than any of the competition. <laughs> right. And sorry about that battery life. Like, it's just, it is worrisome, you know, as, as somebody that, you know, generally likes Apple stuff. You know, I like all sorts of technology, but, like, you know, they are typically known for making good stuff, and lately it just hasn't been that great. Yeah. I think that the fact, I mean, we're already seeing reports that there's going to be more models in the fall, right in time for the holiday shopping season. Yes. Like, when they're available, if you really want one, don't buy one. Just wait, um, yeah. because who knows, you know, what else is going to come out in terms of, like, materials and stuff. I mean, I think the report said that they were talking about uh, carbon fiber, titanium, ceramic, white gold, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you are planning on buying one, no one will blame you, but maybe you should wait for the holiday season or something. Yeah, <laughs> definitely I definitely wait like, till version two. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It definitely feels like one of those products where you should probably just wait for version two. And if you're spending ten thousand plus dollars on one, just go away. Like I will probably punch you in the face <laughs> if I see you wearing one, because you are just an idiot. You'll just be jelly. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no jelly. <laughs> That is the biggest <laughs> waste of money ever. I, I look. I can, I can see how someone could justify spending ten thousand dollars on a Rolex that travels down your family and you pass to kids and it's there forever, and that makes sense. Even as expensive as that may be, you don't spend ten thousand dollars on a watch that's first gen for one, and that will be outdated and not any good in like a couple of years that you will just throw away. Well, you can't throw it away because it's got ten thousand dollars. Yeah. It doesn't even have ten thousand dollars worth of gold, but. I'm seeing people talk about potentially buying one, and that just makes me sick. <laughs> Anyways, so that's Apple Watch. And yes. uh, what if Google, you know, brings Android Wear to iOS? Why haven't they, by the way? Does anyone know why they're not doing that? Is well, Apple? I mean, we've iOS seen that it's possible with a hack, right? Yeah, right. right? Somebody got that running, so you can just pull a notification. So, I mean, in theory, it's possible. I'm surprised it hasn't happened. Maybe it will with, like, version 2. Maybe at I.O. they'll announce that Android Wear now works on iOS. It just seems like something they would do, and then... then well, it's going to be limited, control. though. Why? Like just Well, just like we've seen, like, with the 
like Pebble can do a lot more stuff in Android than it can do on iOS. Like iOS 7 and then 8 are enabled a little bit more where you're kind of able to, like Pebble now, you can actually dismiss notifications from your phone, which was like, that was the most maddening thing about the Pebble. It's like, okay, I can dismiss it on my watch, but it's still on my phone. So now like they finally can do that, but like it's not going to be able to tie into apps really. Like they'd have to, like developers would have to build into that. Like I don't think it's worth it's. I don't think it's worth their time. Like, obviously, the iOS is big in America, but everywhere else in the world, they're you know this market share is so small. I don't know that it's worth saying. Hey, you can also have it on iPhone. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if the functionality is limited, then it just doesn't make sense. I guess Apple would just have to open things up a lot more for it to make sense. Yeah. That's too bad because then it would give people with iPhones a uh, choice. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing too. Like, I think Android Wear down the line has the potential to be a big differentiator for Android users. Like, especially if people start when Google now as it grows and gets better at predicting things, things like that. Like, mm-hmm. Siri doesn't do any of that. Like, right. the only thing that Apple does, like in iOS at all, that's in any way predictive, is hey, here's the traffic for where we think you're going. Which, uh, like, that's but that's it. Like, that's the only predictive stuff they have based on your location because they're and part of that is because they are so privacy centric, but that comes at the cost of saying, okay, well, if you don't do any of that at all, then you can't do any of this really cool stuff that Google's working towards. And I think that's going to be a big differentiator, especially for a space like the watch, where it's like, I don't really want every single notification ever on my watch. I want you to be able to tell, oh, this is important, this isn't important. Yeah, no one's uh, had a chance to play with the Apple Watch app and stuff like that, have they, to to see settings and how it works and all that stuff? It will. Probably. App is out, so like I have the app on my phone because yeah, like, it came with the eight dot two. Right, yeah. but no, there's another app like can't really connected to a watch or anything. No, it just it just says it just it, like it, it gives you the option to connect, but you can't because you don't have one. So. Okay. Yeah, I I updated my iPhone six and immediately threw that into my folder. I think that's just called Apple crap. <laughs> yeah, I I've got my uh, stock called. apps folder. AKA utilities. Yeah. <laughs> It's called Apple Crap and has things like Game Center and iBooks and music and newsstand and podcasts and notes and maps and find friends and FaceTime and mail and Apple Store. It's bloatware. Messages. Safari's in there. Yeah, I got lots of stuff in there. Wow. Yeah. Uh, So, anyways, let's see Apple Watch and it'll be a big deal in April. Actually, April 10th is pre-order day. That's the day the Galaxy S6 comes out, which is... I don't know if you know Apple meant to do that, but it's kind of funny. Probably not. Probably not. But I will say I'm more excited about the S6 than the Apple Watch. Yeah. I'm still really excited about that. Me too. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So it's still on watch stuff, though. Moto 360 now is on Moto Maker. So if you want to customize a Moto 360, you can now do that. It, um, it doesn't really come with anything new. Uh, other, you know, what I mean by that is it's, it's all the same stuff you've been able to buy um, outside of one watch band. But it, basically, you can just kind of configure it if you want it to come with a cognac um, band. You can do that out of the box if you want. Uh, but there is one new watch band. It's, a, uh, it's called the Monolink, and it is the stainless steel band that was originally shown by Motorola when the device was first unveiled and then just kind of disappeared and never, ever showed up, and you were never, ever able to buy it. Uh, that's now available in Moto Maker. You can't buy it by itself, and there's a delay in the shipping. We did order one, though, so we'll have one in case anyone wants to see that. It should show up at some point. But anyways, Moto 360 now in Moto Maker. Uh, there is a rumor that Android Wear is getting an update soon that adds Wi-Fi functionality. 
or Wi-Fi support, um, a really cheesy gesture control that no one will probably ever use, and something else. Oh, just easier access to apps and your contacts and things like that. And that report, uh, that was from The Verge. I think that came out the day after Apple Watch announcement. So clearly Google saying put our watch stuff back in the headlines or something. Uh, yeah, nice little update, I guess. It hasn't been confirmed. It's not rolling out or anything, but yay, Wi-Fi. I'm actually surprised the all the uh, Android Wear watches don't have Wi-Fi, but the Sony SmartWatch 3 does. The Gear Live has a Wi-Fi like module or something in it, but it's probably not turned on. I think most of them do. They're just not turned on, so I don't know if this will activate stuff. The SmartWatch 3 actually advertises that it's Wi-Fi ready. <laughs> just doesn't work, apparently, which is awesome. <laughs> uh, let's see. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I have a G Flex 2 still. On the last show, I talked about how I'm going to try to have my review up this week. Still shooting for that. Uh, just initial mini review. I'm not... I'm not a fan of this phone whatsoever. And when I got it, and when we were at CES, I was really excited about it because it felt great in hand. Um, and the curve feels good in hand, but it's sort of like the Apple Watch. I don't understand the point. Like, I don't know why I actually need a curved phone. I, I, I don't know why I need this thing to be curved. Um, the camera seems nice. The plastic build actually feels fairly premium for a plastic phone. It definitely doesn't creak and feel squishy and weird or anything like that. Uh, the performance on this thing is terrible. Um, I wa I've wanted to throw it against a wall a couple of times, and I've only had it for a little less than a week now. So, and the battery life hasn't been great, but, you know, my life with batteries is, hasn't been great for a while now, so I don't know if that's a me problem or a phone problem. I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of a neat phone. It just... You know, with the Galaxy S6s and the one, well, the one M9, I guess, those on the way, this is a phone, I, it just doesn't really need to exist. And so if it's coming to AT&T and Sprint, and you probably shouldn't buy the G Flex 2. <laughs> I'm just going to say that right now. Just wait. Wait another, well, all you have to do is wait another, like, two weeks, and then the one M9 will arrive, and then wait another two weeks, and the S6. Like, you should just wait a month and not buy this phone. It's, <laughs> it's not worth it. You know, it's got LG's old crappy skin. It does run Lollipop, but it's like the buggy Lollipop, so I have to reboot it every, uh, every like, three times a day. It's just not a good phone, so. I mean, sorry, LG. It's it's not really a good phone in its current state, so. Yeah, that'll be a fun review to write up. <laughs> Looking forward not to that. Not too surprising, though. I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody was expecting it to be, a you know, a big change from the previous one. I'm a little shocked. Tim and I really wanted to like this phone. It felt really good in hand at CES. I mean, we knew the S810 was having troubles. Um, so what, they underclocked it, and that's going to not overheat. And now the performance is crappy because of that. So we need custom ROMs, custom kernels to unlock the beast. Breathe yeah, the beast. I mean, it's another one of those phones which we... You know, we, we complained about with phones for years that if this had stock Android, it would be amazing. Oh, it, yeah. That would probably be the case here. The LG just isn't doing anything to make it worth worth anyone's while, especially with those new phones coming out. Like, they did this thing, let's see if I can show this, where you slide your finger down. That's hot. Like, it's supposed to show you, like, a preview of, it's like their version of um, uh, Moto Display, except it shows you a clock and, like, a rising sun or something. 
and that's it. Like it doesn't, you can't do anything with it. So like if you have notifications up there, you have to let your finger go and let the screen go back and then double tap. Oh, they also, so LG broke Lollipop notifications basically everywhere. So on every other phone with Lollipop on the lock screen, you can like swipe down and interact with them on the lock screen. LG didn't like that. They broke that. So you can't swipe down to get into the notification thing. You either have to tap on one and then swipe the screen to get into it or just dismiss them. It just it's, it completely doesn't work whatsoever. And then in your actual notification panel, half the time the notifications just don't even expand, like even if you just pull your finger down on them. So it just, it's a pretty terrible phone. <laughs> I haven't felt this, this um, upset about a phone in a while, hmm. which is unfortunate. I mean, it doesn't feel bad, man. It looks kind of cool with the like banana shape. It's just, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell anyone to buy this phone. <laughs> Onto the G4. <laughs> Seriously, the G4, by the way, in those leaked renders, which just looks like a new plastic version of the G3, doesn't it? Pretty yeah, much. technically, if you want to be technical about it. If, if that's real, <laughs> if if those pictures are real, I'm not excited about the G4. I'm totally excited about it. I know um, you love the G3. Yeah, a lot of people were saying I don't, I don't, I just don't get the curve. And if it's a very, uh, kind of, not too drastic curve, kind of like what it looks like, um, it's actually quite pleasant. Um, I use the bigger G Flex, and I've held the G Flex Two, and the G Flex Two, it's. It's a good curve, but it, it it feels pretty good in hand. And when you put it in your pocket, you know, it's not like you can feel. Like it's, it doesn't feel like it's uh, uh, obstructive. I guess you could say to like your pants or anything like that. You know, like I feel like it moves just fine. But um, the G Flex was a different story because that thing, that thing was massive. It was huge, yeah. Yeah, but a slight curve to a phone, uh, kind of like the Galaxy Nexus. You know, um, if it was kind of like that, I mean, it's not, it's not crazy. Um, and plus, I mean, if they were going to do a QHD display um, and stick it. Uh, on a flex like that, man, I think that's uh, pretty cool. And, and the overall design, I still like the G3's design. I mean, I have really no problem with it. I like it better than HTC's M9 and M8, um, M9S, M8S, I, whatever. Um, I'm trying to think of more of a joke because I just don't care for the M9 anymore. Like, I've been looking at it more, and I'm just like, fuck, man. Like, I'm bored of the design, you know. Wanted something new. But, they spent yeah. a year on that, Tim. I don't know what they did in a year. But... Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know what to say about um, it. The G-Flex, <laughs> the curve doesn't offend me. I just don't know, like, the point, really. Um, but if they're going to keep curving things, I don't, it, I don't have a problem with that. At least it gives them something to talk about when they're trying to sell it. Uh, the And the plastic OLED on this, the panel on here, it's actually kind of nice. The, the, the screen looks pretty good. Um, the brightness, though, it doesn't get dark. Like, the other day, uh, I was putting my son to bed, and, like, it was dark in his room, and I was, like, waiting for him to fall asleep, and I was trying to use my phone, and I put it on the lowest brightness, and it was, like, blinding the whole room. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Yeah, not a great one. LG doesn't care about children. No, LG hates children, apparently. <laughs> so, well, yeah. the G3 had display problems, too. I mean, the colors just didn't look very good at all. So... Um, hopefully if the G4, I mean, if it is going to have a QHD display, then they need to work on that because as we saw from DisplayMate, which is a completely 
objective uh, site um, or company, you know, that runs those uh, lab tests, then the S6 display is one of the best and even beats out the Note 4. And that is a pretty killer display. So LG's got to step up the game and do something cool. They do. Yeah, they've never really been a big display company, right? Like, none of their phones have ever really killed it in display. Which is weird, because they, you know, they have a TV business where they actually do have good displays. But Sony's phones for years had horrible displays, and they have a TV business, too. (laughs) Yeah, Sony's displays have been terrible for a really long time. They finally got okay in the Xperia Z3, yeah. Prior to that, they were probably the worst in the industry. Mm. Really bad. Yeah. All right, so that's G Flex too. I'll get to that. I'll hopefully have that review up later this week. Uh, let's see, VR. So I wrote a little piece right before the Apple event, I think, um, and basically said like I don't care at all about VR, and I, you know I, I called myself a crusty old asshole because I don't care about it at all. But do you guys care? Like Tim, you have a Gear VR. Ron, I don't know if you've spent much time with VR stuff, but the the reason I brought it up is because everyone's doing VR, right? Like HTC's doing it now. Sony's been doing it, or they're trying to do it. Samsung's been doing it. Google now wants to apparently get into it and bring Android to VR. I'm surprised LG hasn't announced anything. Obviously, Oculus is still doing their own thing, even though haven't they been helping Samsung with their stuff? It's everywhere. And I just don't know that I care. Like HTC's Vive, in partnership with Valve, um, they, in order to use theirs or get the full benefit out of it, you have to like set up an entire room in your house with sensors all over the walls and crap. Like, who's gonna do that? Like ten people? Nerds. Not you, I guess. <laughs> not with that not attitude. A real game. I'm gonna do it. And and I really do have a terrible attitude about VR. It's just it's just it's like the next thing. Like, I compared it to Android tablets. Like, everyone made Android tablets because that was the next frontier, and no one sold any, and they all failed, and they were all terrible. And I just feel like VR is like, now that's the new thing. Our smartwatches, they didn't really make us much money, and neither did tablets, so there's got to be something else. Let's uh, make VR headsets. Maybe they're cheap to make or something, and that's why they're all doing it. They probably they're are cheaper to make. They're extremely them. cheap to make. Yeah. I mean, all it is is a piece of plastic with a strap on it. I mean, that's all true. the work is done on the phone. So <laughs> That's true. It, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, VR, I do enjoy it. I got the Gear VR sitting on my desk right now. But what a pain. It's a total pain in the butt to even really do anything. Like, I downloaded some uh, like VR videos from the web, and just to get it loaded up, you know, you got to download the Milk VR app, and then you have to download Milk. the zip file, which contains it. Extract the files from the zip. Plug your plug the Note 4 up to the computer, and of course, I have a Mac, so talking, you know, plugging an Android phone into a Mac is a total pain in the ass. You have to download. Well, especially Google's. a Samsung phone. Yeah, they just don't work. Exactly. So I had to d- download the Android trans file transfer software. Drag and drop that into a very specific Milk VR folder, which was extremely hard to find on the Samsung phone. Then I was able to load up the video, but you know you got to take the Note 4, stick it in the micro USB slot in the Gear VR, stick that in there, put the cover on, put it on your face. The whole process took way too long for a 30 second video. I was like, well, fuck this. So. I mean, it it, it is cool, but uh, then again, you know, you really need 
more than just the VR headset. Um, you got to have Bluetooth headphones. You really need to kind of invest in the entire experience to get a truly immersive experience. So, I mean, if you're willing to shell out money or wait for HTC's Vive, which everyone seems to love, I haven't tried out yet, but, I mean, it looks kind of cool, but then again, I get sick after using it for 10 minutes. <laughs> so... I don't know. I'm kind of like you. Like, I loved Google Cardboard at first, but now I'm sort of getting away from it just because I see so many people talking about it. It was like drones. You know, at first I loved drones. I loved talking about drones. Now everyone else is on it, and I'm like, okay, like, I must be a total hipster because I liked drones before everyone else, you know, thought it was cool. And I liked VR before everyone else thought it was cool. Now it's like a trending thing, Mm -hmm. and I'm over it. So it's that way with music technology, all that stuff. I'm such, just... Such I'm a, exactly. I'm, one, I'm just one step ahead all the time. And that makes me a hater. So, But I definitely... I, I clearly give more of an F than you do uh, about VR. So I'll yeah, keep I trying think, to... I think you'll be our VR expert for sure. <laughs> I'm about an expert, but all right. I'll try. <laughs> I'll try to use it. <laughs> Ron, do you care about VR whatsoever? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> like I think it's like I think Oculus came out and everyone was like whoa holy crap this is actually pretty right. good and then like a year or two later now we're seeing everybody go like oh well, we, can, we can do that too. do you guys want that we can do that yeah we can crap out a VR headset don't worry we got we got you covered like Sony's doing it like everybody's doing it but again nobody's telling a story nobody's telling me why I want this like for anything like the only the only compelling reason I can see to have something like that is like either doing something like when I'm on Star Tours at Disneyland or when, like, or like a gaming situation, in which case, if it's going to be anything, if any game is going to get somebody nerdy enough to try out a headset, it's going to have to be pretty immersive, which means you're going to have to have a controller, which means now, why do I have a VR headset? Like, I've got joysticks that will turn my head in the game. So, like, I don't want to be doing this and holding a controller. Like, that doesn't sound like a great experience. It sounds like not a great experience, like, because you're going to be halfway there. So, again, there are select use cases for games and such that I think it would be awesome. For example, PlayStation has a game coming out uh, called No Man's Sky, where it's just... uh, Yes. Yeah, that game would be legit in VR, you know, because it's not too realistic. It kind of looks not cartoony, but very kind of retro style. And, um, you know, you're flying in a spaceship, and it's all, you know, um, generated in real time. That would be super cool in VR, but at the same time, I mean, I'll be fine playing it on my HDTV or my monitor or whatever. So not on your Xbox One, you won't. Not on my Xbox One, I won't. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I have to buy a PS4 just for that game, and I totally will because that game looks beautiful. And it, awesome. I'll wait for reviews. I'll wait for reviews because I will not. Really? I think you're I'll taking a chance. I have to get a PlayStation yeah. Four first, but yeah, yeah once I do that. They're talking it up just a tad too much. I want to wait until I know the tech is like real. So, yeah, but it is that's the thing. Like VR right now, like it's not a real product anybody can buy, mm-hmm. right? And nobody's shown an implementation that makes any sense for anybody except for gamers. Which is like, okay, cool. If you want to make gamer only hardware, like that is a market, but it's small. Mm-hmm. So I don't like. It's just nobody's doing anything that's like, like if you're gonna come out with something like this, make it a product. Like the, the reason why. What was it? What's the first? What was the first one called? It came out at CES. Now the name is lost. I've lost it. Which one? I can help. Like the first VR that first? we saw like two years ago. Mm. What? What the Oculus one? 
Oculus. Yeah, like that was the first big one that we saw recently, yeah. right? Right. Like, Which got one on was Facebook. Like, right. Yeah. But like that one was like it was just like some developers like making it and like, hey, we want to show our product to CES. Like everybody else has come out with something that's like, we're a normal company that makes products and maybe you want to see this too. Like, but nobody has anything compelling. So it's just like I don't know what the point is. Like, it's, I think it's worse than Android tablets. Like, I know what I would use an Android tablet for. I have no idea what I would use VR for, except for gaming, and I don't even want to use it for gaming. Like, there are no games besides, like, No Man's Land, like, or Sky, or whatever it's called. It's a really bad title. Like, that one I can see. Like, if I've got a joystick, and I'm sitting, like, in a chair, and it feels like I'm in a cockpit, and I'm looking that'd around, be like, legit. that'd be sweet. Like, sign me up. I'm there. But that sounds more like something I'd do at, like, GameWorks in 1999 than it sounds like something I'd do in my living room in 2015. GameWorks. Well, even the games that are available from Samsung, like, Samsung just made the availability to buy games, you know, a reality in their store. They all suck. Of course they do, yeah. yeah, And they're priced, like, 5 to 10 bucks. Jesus, uh, really? Yeah, absolutely. And they all suck. Don't they so, know it's on Android? You can't charge that much. Yeah, yeah right? I know, I had, I had to pirate them all off of uh, Pirate Bay. <laughs> so, judge me He's not. stealing Pirate VR. <laughs> but yeah, either way, so the serious lack of content is what I think is kind of, you know, taking its toll, I think, when it comes to people wanting to buy VR. Because all Samsung does is uh, preload you know, there's stuff with videos and pictures, right. and and that's cool when you first power it on, but for a long-lasting device that's going to offer hours of entertainment and worth, um, there's a lack of content. Developers uh, either need to get working on it or just say, no, we don't want this, so you can stop now. Thank you. Well, that's another thing I was talking about is when everyone's making their own VR headset, then you have content everywhere, right? You, you have exclusive content here, exclusive here. And it's one thing when it's Xbox and PlayStation. It's another thing when it's Samsung, Sony, Oculus, HTC. Like, there's six or seven different ones. Then you really want to buy, like, four different VR headsets just so you can play all of the actual Because, you know, at some point, each one will probably have one good game or something, right? And does everyone really want to go out and buy all of these to do it and learn the different... Tra- and, no. you know, Samsung, you have to own the damn phone that works with it. Like, nobody you know what you want to do? You want to you wanna walk into a GameWorks and try out all the different ones. <laughs> That's the situation. Like, GameWorks 2.0 is what we need. That's what we need. Yeah. Bring it back. I, I just don't understand why. It's like you said, Ron. Oculus came out a couple years ago and said, look at this really cool thing we want to do with virtual reality and gaming. And everyone went... Oh my god, coolest thing ever. Every tech site said, this is the coolest thing that's ever happened. And so then you're right. HTC and Samsung and Sony. And they all went, oh, you guys want VR. We can do that. Let's make VR headsets. And so here we are two years later, and they've all made a VR headset. And now they think it's cool. And yeah, again, they don't have any way to sell it to anyone. And the other thing, too, is they're all like kind of half-assing it. Like They're all doing... What's the Gear VR called right now? It's something edition. It's like the... It's not the Explorer edition, but it's like got a name. Is it like... This isn't really the final thing, guys. This is like the... It's Gear VR Support. It's the Innovator Edition. Yeah. Yeah. So and HTC is doing the same thing. They have like something similar. It's like... It's basically like the developer kit, right? And so they all come out with it and they're all like, well, this is just the developer edition. We'll have the other one available later on. And then they never will. 
because no one's really going to give a shit about VR in like a year. I mean, Oculus still hasn't doesn't even have a product, right? Like they're still kind of working on something, maybe. No, no one they have, Yeah, they have that developer RDK whatever one. Right. Yeah. Like Samsung's the only one you can go out and buy, pretty much, right? And it works with the No Four. You can buy Google Cardboard for fifteen bucks. Yeah, see, that's and the other thing. Just like, the same just thing. buy Google Cardboard, yeah. people. It does the same thing as all of these other ones. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just VR is just one of those things I just, I, don't, I don't get. I'm not a, someday maybe someone will sell me on why it's awesome, but I just don't see it now. Like I'd rather spend my time with my son than with a headset on in a room that I've specially created with sensors so I can run around and like shoot things. Yeah, but you could you could have virtual reality sons. <laughs> I could yeah, put a headset on him at the same time, and we could just like. <laughs> You can hold hands and run together through the field. And I also don't want a a world in like five years where he's old enough to like, you know, understand computers and things to want to put a headset on his whole day. And that would just, it's just another thing I don't want to do. That's that's where we're going though. It is. It's sad. (laughs) We're going to be at dinner someday and like the table next to us, the kid's going to be wearing a VR headset. Absolutely. (laughs) It's going to happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, so back in the day when I was just a kid, I remember, you know, rolling around in the back seat. We didn't have portable DVD players and TVs coming down from the top. And now I see, like, people are going from the grocery store to their house, 10-minute drive, and kids are screaming because they can't watch uh, Penguin 2 or whatever the hell it is. Right. Or they're playing their games. Or when, I, when we got to the store, if I hadn't gotten to a save point in Pokemon on my Game Boy Color, too bad. You're turning it off. You just lost all, all the work you just did. Yeah. Gone. <laughs> all these kids today with their automatic saving. They don't, they don't know what it was like. Oh, no. Yeah, especially like, oh, man, Genesis and say on. I, I had a lot of problems back in the day. Yeah. But now, life is good. Now we have VR. Yeah. <laughs> Auto save in VR life. Savor the fact that I don't have a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, savor that for a while. I play enough <laughs> video games for both of us combined, so don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alright, so that's our that's our VR. Yeah, clearly we're all not sold yet. Um so just in quick news, Nexus Six, it's finally coming to Verizon tomorrow. Well, online only you can't walk into a store and buy one. Online only or direct fill, which means you could go into a store and tell them you want one, then they will order you one. They don't have any, and they won't until next week. They'll actually have them. It's branded with a Verizon logo on the back. Yes, it's probably locked down somehow, some way. Your first boot, it'll probably install my Verizon, and you shouldn't buy it. Like, if you've been waiting for the Nexus 6, you should have just been saving up for three months to buy the version from the Google Play Store because it works on Verizon, and it's not crap with Verizon's crap. So, Unless you want Android 5.1. Yeah, that's true. You can have Android 5.1 first. Well, we'll see because you have to order it, and it'll get yeah. here, <laughs> like, Monday or something. So we might have that on the Nexus 6 by then, but... I can't believe it took three months. It does have uh, VOLTE, which is nice. I wasn't sure that it was ever going to support that. So that's nice. Um, but yeah, no one should go buy the variety. It's like no one should buy the AT&T version either with the branded. Just don't, just don't support the carriers when they're doing that crap to Nexus phones. Just go save up your money for or a couple to, months. Or to any phone. I mean, the S6 looks a lot worse with that stupid Verizon stamp on there. Oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about that. Verizon, yeah, the giant Verizon 4G LTE logo on the back of the S6. Why? Why? And At least AT&T's is a little glow. 
Yeah. Right, the, glo the globe isn't bad, and honestly, it, right. well, no, I wouldn't want to check mark on there either. Like the glo the globe is okay. Like that doesn't bother me. Right, it can but, kind of blend in. But yeah, Verizon's and yeah, since there's no removable back, you're stuck. Like before, yeah. you used to be able to like go on Amazon and buy some third party cheap back and swap it out, and hopefully, you know, go back to living your life. Now you can't. Your life's screwed. No. Yeah, Verizon. You just get one of those, and now the cases are clear view, so you still see it no matter what. Like you're screwed. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It sucks. Thanks, Brighton. Uh, all right, so Ron, you wrote up a little piece on uh, choosing smartphone cameras. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. That actually got a lot of people excited about it. That was cool. So, yeah, I just wrote up, especially after um, just seeing the M9 and the S6 and all that, and just how everybody's always talking about their camera technology. Last year we had LG talking about lasers for Zoom. You know, like, there's always, like, all this lingo associated with like the cameras and like if you don't like if you're not into photography like it doesn't make any like you know Samsung talking about how they have f-stop 1.9 on their on their you know on the s6 and it's like well I don't know what that is is that good is that bad right. you know it's just be talking up how you know we've got a 20 megapixel camera therefore it's better and it's like well maybe so yeah so I just kind of wanted to do like a, a write-up and just say like hey like this is like the basics of what's going on when your phone is taking a picture so you can kind of understand what that stuff is if you don't know and then this is what to look for, like just some basic stuff. Um, so I just kind of talked about how, like, with megapixels, like you probably don't look for something between eight and sixteen. If it's bigger than that, that's okay, but you're not going to be able to really do anything with a picture that size with the sensor that size. Um, so we talked about I talked about that. I talked about how you want to have like a low aperture, even though they're all low aperture. And then, but the big thing I think is just wait for reviews and see how it actually performs, because obviously we can like we've seen. Like Sony's phones, for example, obviously have Sony sensors, but they tend not to do as well as iPhones that also have Sony sensors and different different software, obviously. So, um, so yeah, it's just some some basic stuff with that to kind of help navigate that stuff because it is like everybody always talks up their camera and talks about like this is the best camera we've ever put ever put on a phone. And here's all the reasons why, and it's like, well, I guess if I'm into cameras, I maybe know what you're talking about. Right. But if I'm not, like you're just throwing jargon at me, which actually isn't helpful. So right, it is. Uh, it's a really good read if you if you want to just know like this an overview of how cameras work without being completely overwhelmed. It's a good read, and he's even got you know shortened versions of and overviews of every section and stuff like that. But you know, it I think it'll really help a lot of people try to figure out the next camera they should buy, and also the point you make about. Um, wait for reviews to come out. That's one thing, like, even I do. I'm by no means am I a camera expert, but, like, we all have our own taste in how, what we think a good photo looks like, right? Our eye looks at things differently. But I look, I go, I end up going to, like, the actual photography sites, like, photography blogs, because they all review smartphone cameras now and stuff, too. And those guys, a lot of times, just give you a straight-down-the-middle um, take on a camera, so those are also good to look at. But, yeah, if you guys, if, if you feel overwhelmed or you hear yeah, f-stop and aperture and shutter speed and it overwhelms you and you get kind of scared, read Ron's post because it goes through all of it in, in pretty straightforward, simple terms that I think anyone should probably be able to figure out. Good job, Ron. God, yeah, that stuff is hard. Like I remember when I was first getting into photography and I was like trying to figure out what the heck aperture was and I'm like, I have no idea what the heck that is. Like, it is, and it is like and if you, like if that's a good starting point too, then I would also encourage somebody like if you want to learn more about photography, pick up an old film camera. That and like that's a great way to learn because you have to in order to shoot with film, 
especially if you get like a fully manual one, you'll have to learn that so you can actually take a picture. Like that's that's how I learned a lot of it was just like, okay, in order for me to, you know, use the light mirror and everything else like that, I've got to adjust shutter speed, aperture, and then you can't change ISO because that's just set by the film. But that's how I learned doing all that stuff. So which is which is pretty fun because you are you are limited obviously with a smartphone camera. You can't change mm-hmm. a lot of that. Yeah, it's a good read. And if you need any other help, just don't get a Motorola phone. <laughs> Definitely. Don't. There's like a footnote at the bottom that Tim added in. In other words, don't buy. <laughs> don't buy Moto. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I like... saw a lot of people commenting like, "Why did you put the Moto X in the header shot?" And I was like, "Irony." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you like Instagram and all that stuff, just don't bother. I can't even use that. Tim's partially retired from Instagram right now because he's using Moto X. I have to. What I've been doing is I've been having to use. Um, the Sony and uh, the NEX, and having to take my pictures and then uploading those to the computer, cropping them, sending them to my phone, and then uploading. And that's just too much of a pain. That's not what Instagram, I believe, should be. Instagram should just be purely smartphone photos. That's right. So I feel like I'm cheating the system. So I'm like, all right, I'll stop. But um, it's a total pain. That's why I'm excited for you know the Galaxies and the HTCs. Why don't you go back to the Note 4? Yeah, it's a little big. Um, no lollipop. Yeah, no lollipop. So when you're going from your Android lollipop to the Note 4, which is larger, touch whiz, bloated to hell, um, it's just hard to do. So. Yeah. It's the only way to capture all that neon moss, though. Neon moss. Yeah, there is a lot of a lot of good moss out there. Love moss. Love those moss pictures. It takes great macro. I do like the Note 4. It, it's an awesome so phone good. all around. Yeah. If the Nofar or Lollipop, it's what I mean. Obviously, I'm reviewing the G Flex too. But if the yeah, if the Nofar or Lollipop, it'd be the phone I'd be telling people to use right now, or I'd be using, and it'd be the phone to recommend. But it still doesn't have. But I think Sprint's Note 4 has Lollipop. That's like the only one. Hooray, Sprint! <laughs> or it's getting it today, or it was supposed to last week, but maybe it's actually today. No one really knows. Yeah, I need AT&T and Samsung to step up their game ASAP. Yeah, yeah, the clients AT&T too. If that happened, I'd be using it. Mm. Be awesome. Whatever. Uh, all right. Uh, you guys have any apps and games you want to talk about real quick? Then we'll shut her down. Yeah. Ron? Yeah. Uh, so I wrote up uh, an app, I think a week or two ago, called the Magic Touch uh, Wizard for Hire. Um, so it's actually, it's, so it's like a, in the game, like you're a wizard that's been hired by a castle to protect the castle. And there's like a bunch of knights wearing armor that descend on balloons. And then the balloons have symbols on them. And the magic that you cast is just drawing the symbols that are on the balloon. So like it'll be like a down arrow or an up arrow or like a squiggly line or whatever. And so you have to pop the balloons if the knights fall and crash. And if they touch the castle before you can pop the balloon, then the game's over. Um, so, and then you can like, as you're playing through the game, you can get upgraded spells. So like you can light the castle on fire. So if anybody touches it, they light on fire. You can shoot lightning bolts to kill everybody. So it's pretty fun. My wife and I have been addicted to it for a while, just going back and forth and you know, comparing scores and all that. So um, it's on Google Play, it's free. And then when I wrote it up, the in-app purchase to get rid of ads, like I'll show ad, an ad every once in a while, it was 309, I think, for some Damn. reason. I don't know, and I don't know why it's 309 either. Like that's a weird number. Because the developer is probably not in America, and so maybe it's kind of on iOS it's like I think it was like a dollar ninety nine or something. Like it was like a normal price. So I don't know. Maybe, well, maybe they're Android developers, not in America. That could be. Yeah, could it be. could be in the Ukraine. 
It's just Ukraine now. <laughs> it's only Ukraine. No, no definite article. Yeah. But yeah, so it's called it says Magic Touch. It's a fun game. I like it a lot. Subjective Ukraine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Hootsuite, I don't know if you guys have used Hootsuite as a Twitter app. Got a big material design update. They actually wrote up a whole thing on it. Hootsuite, I think, has gained popularity over the last year or so. It's actually turned into a pretty powerful Twitter client, especially for like companies that have teams that need to manage social media and things like that. I used to use it a lot, but its app was so terrible and outdated for so long that I finally just moved on to TweetDeck. And then we also use... Twitter as as a team and Hootsuite like charges you per user and TweetDeck doesn't so we kind of went off it but anyways Hootsuite um, if you guys are looking for a really powerful Twitter client that has a material design makeover that's good for multiple users or teams and managing all sorts of different feeds and things like that give it a look it just got a big update TweetDeck for the win <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah. Uh, the app I would like to discuss is the latest beta update for Nova Launcher, which brings a ton of updated aesthetics, um, namely material design. Um, everything goes really well with Lollipop. So for the 3.3% of people out there in the world running Lollipop, this update is for you. Um, and even if you aren't on Lollipop, which the vast majority of you are not, apparently... Um, then this update will help your phone look like it's running Lollipop, which is always a good thing. Um, so it's like Lollipop, but without all the bugs. It's good. Um, basically, um, before this update, it was sometimes hard to figure out um, what exactly your launcher would look like or your home screen would look like when you tweak certain settings like grid size, icon size, dock settings, and things like that. Now there's like real-time previews, so um, instead of... Uh, say for the grid size, if you up it to 7 by 7 it comes 4x4 four four, um, right, uh, once you install it, but if you go 4x5 uh, or 6x6, six six, you can get a look at what that's actually going to look like and how it will affect the device, which I think is a really important thing um, for a lot of people because even I didn't know. I was like, okay, what, what's the row and what's the column? I didn't exactly know what the hell they meant, but now I do, although I, I've known for a while. Um, anyway... So it's got a lot of uh, lollipop look. They updated the entire settings menu. Everything's not dark. Um, if you have KitKat or lollipop, uh, when you long press, now you'll be really familiar um, with Nova settings and how it looks, where you can select wallpapers and widgets and all that. Inside of the app drawer, there's a new pull-down feature, which will bring down a search bar where you can search through your apps and widgets, which I think is another fantastic addition. Um, if you aren't using Nova, I know that we here at DL um, prefer to use Nova over other third-party launchers due to the fact that you can use uh, hot icon packs, etc., etc. So if you haven't tried Nova or at least given the Nova beta a shot, um, you can join their Google Plus community and then download the beta version from Google Play. It's totally worth a look if you haven't tried it yet. And, um, and you can even... Uh, side load the beta if you don't want to take part in the Google Plus community. So it is uh, very accessible to you. Um, so if you haven't given it a shot, try it out. Definitely go grab the update if you haven't already. If you're running like the stable version of Nova, I've been running the beta ever since I started using Nova. Yeah, the beta since I started using Nova. And 
totally worth it. There's no real bugs or anything like that, so nothing should stop you from using the beta. Plus, you get all the cool features first, so definitely highly recommended, and that's it for me. I need to start playing with it more. I installed the new, <clears throat> I installed the new beta, but I haven't even looked. I don't think at the all the new features and things like that. But everyone said it was huge, big update. Huge, yeah. I you know I hate saying like huge update because I mean what what really warrants that? I mean we don't have to get too excited. But it, sounds it's, like, it sounds like that does. Like they address a lot of stuff that like as somebody that tweaks their setup a lot like those are things where, like, as you're adjusting things and getting things set up, especially with, like, the rows and columns and things like that, figuring out, like, is this actually going to look okay or is everything going to be, like, all janky and weird? Like, yeah. that's actually mm-hmm. super helpful as you're doing that. It, it's huge. People are praising this developer because, what, I mean, I think I paid five bucks for kind of, like, the Unlocked Pro version, I feel like, a couple of years ago. Some developers are like, just because you gave me a dollar doesn't mean I'm going to give you a lifetime of updates. But this guy... He took our money, and he is just still pumping out updates, which make the app better and better. And there's, like, updates all the time. So yeah. congrats Honestly, to him. Honestly, for something this big, I would pay for this. Like, I'd pay another, like, two, three bucks for, like, because it's so substantial. Like, there's a lot of stuff in there that's actually really helpful as you're setting things up. Yeah, doesn't, this, uh, doesn't Nova have a... He has like a he has like a deal, right? Like license, not licensing deals, but like content partnerships. Like when you install it the first time, clean install on your yeah. home screen. There's like it puts Lookout on there. I yeah, think. like Lookout. But, but it's just an, clearly making a link. Money. Oh yeah, no, he he's doing fine, yeah. I'm sure. But, but um, so then, like that, that's what I'm saying. Like that's how he's continuing to make money after all this time. Where like Chris right. Lacey just needs to charge you because he he needs to cut a deal. It sounds like with Lookout. Sounds like he needs to cut a deal, yes. Well, Lookout, I'm sure, is looking to give money to anybody that'll listen to him. So, that's good. Yeah. So, yeah. Check out Nova. Check out Nova. All right, cool. You guys want to... Oh, we uh, toss out there that we are uh, potentially hiring a couple of people. Uh, We posted up details this week. We're just looking for a couple of part-time writers. And... uh, as you know, it's kind of become Tim and I most days these days, and we just want some help because we got some other big things we want to do um, throughout the year and going forward. So we are on the look for a couple of people. So uh, you can find the post at the site or just Google Droid Life. We are hiring. <laughs> you should find it. I'm sure it'll show up right there in Google search results. Uh, and yeah, there's uh, there's some simple instructions to follow in case you are interested. It's pretty much that. This is the first time we've ever like publicly announced that we we're hiring people, which is it's a little weird. I'm not gonna lie, it feels a little weird. It's a big deal. No. Yeah. So uh, at the same time, like, like giant websites like GigaOM are shutting down, which is really yeah. weird. Yeah. Yikes. That is weird. Yeah. All right, so, anyways, you guys got anything else? No, I think that'll do it, Ron. It was good to see you. Hope yeah, to see you again birthday, sometime. Man. Oh yeah, thank you very much. Yes, happy birthday. Yeah. Time for <laughs> Call of Duty. Not doing anything. Maybe I'll go out and get like a martini or something. I feel like you should go do something with the tie on. Like yeah, you can't yeah. just play Call of Duty. Yeah, we'll see. Just, I, I really just, just did the tie for Ron. It it wasn't even for my birthday. It was just because Ron was coming. I was like, oh okay, right. okay, nice and dressed for this guy. Suit up just for Ron. Yeah, I was even thinking about throwing on a blazer and looking all sorts of spiffy. Wow. But uh, nah, it's too hot in here. Got the heater on. Wait, you got the heater on? Yeah, well, it's cold outside, so. It's kind of crappy <laughs> up here. We've had great weather for, like, three weeks, and then today, yeah, it got crappy, and it started raining. Uh, we've been running the air, so. 
that's, uh, that's California. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, most places up here don't even have air. I mean, like I do, but a lot of places don't. It's just yeah, you would you never like yeah. two months out of the year. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. All right, uh, we've got nothing else. We'll cut it off there. I actually went kind of long tonight, so. Uh, thanks for joining us, DL Show episode 80. Uh, yeah, we'll be back probably. Uh, I don't know if we'll be back next week. It's NCAA tournament, and I will disappear probably for a couple days. So we will be back soon, like in a week or so or something, because then it's going to be Galaxy S6 time, so it's going to be fun. Uh, for now, though, thanks for joining us. Droid Life. Peace. <laughs>